identification as you, the experience tends to be heavier and longer lasting than if it isn't you. Yet it's the same condition. You're in the same condition. Magical thinking about hoping nothing ever happens to the body, whatever. But in this case, because that used to, you know, that was the idea, idea I had when I was young. Yes, nothing will ever happen to me, only good things. Well, it didn't pan out that way. So what's, what's the thing? If it's the same event, and yet when you're identified as a self, the feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, the event will seem to have a heaviness to it. Now, if you're not clear, you'll think it's the event that has the heaviness, and the heaviness is now coming on you. But that's not how it works, literally. Because, let's say, if the identification as self is weakened, then you're in the same event, but the experience is lighter. Yeah? Now, and if you would take, let's say, a hundred people or so in the same experience, to, you know, and I would say, 100 out of 100, when they're identified as a self, a self that believes this shouldn't have happened to me, <laughs> you know, or some other crazy idea, that doesn't hold any water, it doesn't change, it just makes things worse, in a sense, that 100%, the people who were sort of, their identification as a self was loosened a little more than the other one, they would have traveled light after it. You could gauge it, you know. So you have the, it was a perfect, almost like a blind experiment. You have a hundred people with the exact same experience, and then you see how how lighter or heavier they travel. I would imagine it would prove quite easily, scientifically, that the identification itself gives meaning to things. Yes, that if the identification itself is weakened that same meaning will not, it may be given, but its effect and duration will be less, yeah? So you'll travel lighter, and then it's open-ended, you have possibilities available that anything could happen to cause it to change, yes? Now, this is happening every, all day, every day. You're, you're, there is an interpretation of your life, you're engaged with an experience as the experiencer. That's how it seems, yeah? That's not true. There's you, you are part and parcel of what you would call the event of an experience, yeah? One little part of an event of an experience is there seems to be an experiencer and what's been experienced, yes? But there isn't like this, this very isolated, very, very uh, separate and independent self that this experience is happening too, yeah? It's just happening, and it needs, for it to happen, it needs to be, the event needs to happen, and the one who thinks to have any event needs to happen, or at least an object, a body, having an experience, yeah? Now, the mental state sits on that and thinks a lot of things about what happens. Some of its uh, insane assumptions are, this didn't have, this shouldn't have happened, okay? Or, if I, if I would have done something else, then this wouldn't have happened. Yes, but that argument always forgets that something did happen. Yeah? And you didn't do something else. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's sort of like the mental state thinks it can travel in, in the past and change the past. 
which in your experience, my experience, it doesn't have any power to do that. See? So here, except it can use the past to make itself heavier now. That's what happens. Its intention is to make it different because it assumes if it was different, it would definitely would have been better. If this thing didn't happen, I just know for sure it would have been better. Yeah. So it wants to change the idea of that thing with this, idea, this other idea that I know it would have been great unless if this hadn't happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally insane. You have to see it. <laughs> because it's not like, oh, that was a random thing. Out of millions of things that went their own way, this one thing I pulled out and I could see my role in it. No. All you need is one example. You expound on that, or your mind expands on it, and you see that's how it seems to be. Yeah? For something to seem the way it seems, it has to seem the way it seems to someone. Yeah? Nothing is as it seems. It only seems that way to a someone. Yes? This idea, if you looked at that, the mental state says it's a chair, but in fact, you have no fucking idea what this is, really. I mean, oh, what is it? You know, if you caught that, if if you saw it before you had the idea of what it was, you would see there would be a giant pause. You'd just be looking, and then your head would go, "Oh, that's a chair." You know what I mean? Okay. So, <laughs> so here. All right. Here's an example. I I was in the water. Uh, I think it was January sixth, and. The way my, uh, the knee went out in the water, surfing. But the way my mental state would talk of it as, is I hurt my knee. <laughs> like, I took a knee, I took the whole ocean beach and rammed it against my knee, and I did it. I hurt my knee. This is the language that's going on all day without any investigation. And you're listening to it. And the listening to it doesn't stop there. The listening has an effect on that seeming one who's listening to it. If you listen to the same advertising, you're going to want to buy that product after a while. It's just the way it works. Yeah. So, okay. So, the knee went out in the water. But my head would say, I hurt my knee. Yeah. And, of course, with that idea, I wish I hadn't hurt my knee. <laughs> okay. And also... That happened, let's say, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, January 6th. From that point, back into the past, it was always great, you see? Everything was great until that 1 o'clock on that day when my knee got, when I hurt my knee. So, how, where would that throw you into it, not being, now, now that it's not great, this assumption that it was so great, and now it's not great, and... God forbid, what must have happened? I hurt my knee. So you're basically the reason why it's not great. Yeah? <laughs> this is happening every freaking minute in that thought system. Oh, it was great. Why isn't it great now? <laughs> Maybe it's another you look at, but after a while, you'll, you'll always turn it on you. Yeah? It's like when I was younger. I was six years old. My father was playing with me. I lived in a, you know, a very lower middle class family. Everything was cool. There was no abuse or seeming abuse. I couldn't see any. And then my father got very ill. 
So my mother sat me down and said, Paul, your father isn't, you know, he's not going to be able to play with you like he's been playing with you, yeah? And when you go to that Little League thing, whatever, or the below Little League thing, he's not going to be able to go. So we went on and they said, with not only that, they brought the family doctor and he told me, you know, your father's very ill and that's good. that means he's not going to be able to participate with you as much as used to, okay? Now I heard it. I could understand the words, but the way I was set up was, I'm in a deep level of self-centeredness. So the, the only way I felt about it was, what did, I must have had done something to cause my father not to want to play with me. Now, that was absolutely, had nothing to do with what was going on, but from where I was looking at it from, that's what it was, yeah? And that little thing got sort of uh, downloaded in, and it had a huge effect on this supposed Paul the rest of his life, because he felt this, like, uh, let's say, free-floating guilt for somehow I was bad, and that was probably one of the big things that it put that story on, was that, yes? So you see, now if the self-centeredness wasn't there, if this would have happened when I was three or four, I would have just, you know, all right, yeah. But because the mental process had started to get developed, and it was starting to present this idea that there's a Paul, and then it was suspicious of the quality of Paul, that Paul somehow was very, very bad, or something's wrong with Paul, and he was just waiting for something like this to go, you see, I'm right. Yeah. Your father would be playing with you this today if you hadn't have done something. So, okay, same, same. 40, 50 years later, there's my knee in the water. You know, my head says, I did it. It did. It says, I hurt my knee. What, do you, what does the I represent? Stanley? You know, no. I, meaning me, I would be great if it meant I. But in the mental state, it doesn't mean I. The I means me. Yeah? Okay? So now, now let's say it's, uh, where, where are we now? August. So now I'm going, oh. So I, um, the knee's hurting, let's say, today, and there's an experience there. But in the mental interpretation, it goes, the knee's hurting today, and it's been hurting for seven months, you see? It brings time into it. So the time makes the suffering much more exquisite than just the experience of a hurt knee. Now I have seven months of it hurting, and I had years of being great before January 6th. This is just a freaking assumption. This is going on. It's dominating your interpretation here every day. Wake up and see it. Because if you can see it and entertain your possibly a not that I that's been construed as a me, then maybe you wouldn't see that you hurt your knee. You would say, hey, my knee went out in the water. Yeah. Why would it, when I went in the water, it was like I was not doing any. I wasn't. There wasn't a mass a master plan to hurt myself in the water. Why is now? Why is it after the fact? All this guilt. Oh, I shouldn't have gone surfing. If I would have, why did I get you know uh, gluttonous and wait for another wave? I could have come in, and this would have never happened. But it did. You see, the mental state cannot change what's happening. Yeah. It tries to believe it can change what's happening in what's not happening, the past, and in the future. 
but because its demonstration of having really no power is so blatantly obvious right now, it figures it could hide itself in the past by going over things, going, oh, that didn't have to happen, you know, but it did, you know. It's a simple, very small little fact, but it has a huge influence because it actually, what happened, you know, so... <laughs> so instead of just having an experience, you're having mostly an interpretation of being the experiencer. Yeah? And that experiencer, its whole, its whole premise is built on time, so you believe you've had tons of experiences, and that you're going to have tons of experiences. All the while thinking that you're the one... You know, that's doing, hearing, seeing, feeling, tasting. And therefore, when things don't go your way, you'll blame others or inevitably start to blame yourself. Instead of having the ability to see life is happening, not happening to you. Life doesn't have it out for you. (laughs) To, To life, you don't exist as what you're taking yourself to be. Yeah? It just... So... All right. I always used to use this in the old days. It's simple. I hope you can get it. It's pretty simple. Put money up there. Put relationships up there. Put sex up there. All right? They all register a meaning. You sit there and, all right, if you're having a lot of sex, maybe it doesn't... If you're not, it'll have more of a meaning, won't it? Yeah, based on your seeming condition. But let's change it from that, which is, in, which is something that happens in life, and you have experience around it, to your experience, my money, my sex, my relationships. This is what causes books to be written, the mind. This is what causes people being really fucking crazy. They're so happy, they want everyone to have money, but not their money. Yeah? I, like, I want you to have money, but not mine. I hope you have a lot of time with whoever you like, but if you like me, forget it. I'm not spending my time on you. Yes. This is a total before this is set up this is a mental fabrication that is set up before every experience that you have here. And when life throws you a ball, this is the myth that catches it. It interprets the game, it interprets your batting average, it interprets what inning is it, it's interpreted who's winning and losing and you usually losing. <laughs> and then it prophecies, you're going to be, if you lose enough, you're a loser, bro. <laughs> you're a loser, that's it. Now, not only are you identified as a body, but you're identified with a lot of assumed attributes that you've acquired by interpreting experiences or things having or not being had by you. Yes? This is the bondage of self. It's not something that happened 30 years ago. It wasn't one day you walked into the wrong place and they were giving out bondages to self, you know, in, in Omaha. You know, one day. <laughs> what? I can't get out of this now. You know? It's an activity. The mental process is offering you an interpretation of life, and then what you are is what life is. Let's say you want to call it a sense of beingness or onness or awareness, Yes? So there it is. That's what you are. In recovery, when you feel a pause, that's what you're feeling is you. You're the pause. 
The idea that you're having a pause is the mental condition. It's now claimed the pause, and it claimed what you actually are to be to be had by someone else or something else as a body. Yeah, that's why they call it in Zen. They say when you see your original face, it's not a face. It's not a body you're looking for, and you're, it's not a body you're truly looking from. You're seeing from awareness, or let's say it is one of its. Movements here called consciousness. Yes, consciousness or spirit or the animating principle is what's allowing this eye to function or to facilitate the act of seeing. You are not seeing. Your eye isn't seeing. If you had this eye and you're and it's perfectly okay, but your body's dead, it's not seeing anymore. If you took it out and put it into a live body, it would facilitate seeing again. It's not the eye that's seeing. Yes. Yes. It's not you, as Paul, that's digesting the food right now. Yes? If you were digesting the food, you would have been dead the first day you forgot to digest the food. Yes? You're not... Can you imagine you had these four jobs? Pumping the blood, beating the heart, breathing into the lungs. That is half, half voluntary, half involuntary. And digesting your food. You, not, this would never have worked. You're too obsessed with what you think you are to fucking take care of the basic maintenance of the body. That's why it's pretty much unautomatic. Yeah? But the funniest thing of one of its most subtle processes, which the brain is, is involved with, which is thought, let's say, yes? That's the one you think you do. You don't think you're digesting. <laughs> it's ridiculous to think you're digesting your food. You know what I mean? All right, get that acid here, get this there, you know. Let me see how much time I need. I just had the El Grande burrito. It may take me a couple hours. I usually only assign an hour for a burrito, but I got the big one today. You know what I mean? You'd be like, your whole day would be consumed by just the digestion. Yeah? Now compound that by four. And here's a much subtler process called thinking, and you believe you're the doer of it. It's insane. <laughs> It's freaking insane. Why would you want that mantle on your shoulder when you're powerless over it? Why would you like to state or proclaim your power over things when you don't have any? What happens in recovery, a lot of people live under that premise. They get their asses totally kicked, and they get sort of malleable to the idea, hey, maybe I'll surrender. <laughs> maybe I'll surrender this mantle of at least being the manager, realizing I'm not managerial quality. Maybe I'll surrender to this idea of a higher power. And guess what? For many, many, many people who suffer from alcoholism, that works. Yeah. Because they're finally on at least some solid ground. They're making a they're, they're making a decision from a fact. You know what I mean? I'm not managerial quality. Where before they were making tons of decisions out of a lie. Oh, I I got this. I got this handle. <laughs> I can drink. I can just shoot recre cocaine recreationally. I can. One shot, I won't have another one. <laughs> this is these absurd ideas of having power when you have no power, it's, and it just goes on. The habit is so freaking strong for this system to keep reapplying itself, even though it's failures all over our lives. There's still the reliance on it, you know.
So there is a solution. That's what it says in recovery. There is a solution. Thank fucking God. <laughs> I was entering that seemingly hopeless state where there didn't seem to be any solution because all solutions seem to have to come from me. And that's not a solution. So <laughs> there is a solution. So why don't we get to the exact nature of the wrong? All right, let's go there. Okay, well, I have in a way. And how, where I was taken to was, it's the act of being identified as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, which most people refer to as self, yes? Independent, separate, long-lasting, yes? It's 80 years, that's long? Fucking, let's look at it and compare it to the universe's age, supposedly. <laughs> that's not even, that's a, a nanosecond. <laughs> but it seems long to us. Because <laughs> we fill it with time, past and future. <laughs> Alright? So, what would I mean by the act of being identified as a self? I mean, there isn't the act of being identified with a noun called self. I'm saying the act of being identified as a self is a complete verb. There is no self. But the mental process offers you a self, yeah, advertised, offered all the time, assumed, implied, and it also provides the mechanism to, to reinforce that identification with it all day. Listening to K. Mary or K. Paul, you do it. I mean, so many thoughts are going by and being put together with you <coughs> as the, as the all-seeing, unseeing at all. Me, you know, and from there, the assumptions just, they just geometrically progress. So one of the simplest ones is this idea of, of trying to get into the moment, like you could be out of the moment. Very few people are looking at how insane that idea is. They just assume they can be out of the moment. It's one of the powers that was bequeathed to the me, which you can't do it at all. You're never going to escape from this moment you're in, ever. You may think you're gone, but the surveillance cameras will picture you as a body right here at 8 o'clock on Wednesday night. So it doesn't give a shit what your head thinks. You're here, you know? But it does if you believe your head. It, it has a lot of power because you're the source of power and you give it freely to it. And it's playing with you. It's playing what we call in recovery. It's playing God in its little kingdom, which is you. Yes? How is it? How's it, how's it, is it working out? <laughs> I mean, it promises a lot of shit, like happiness, joyousness, and freedom. It's sort of like ordering a couch and it never gets delivered. You keep calling the office, where's that couch I delivered? Oh, we're waiting for it to be sent to the factory. But if that was three years ago, man, when's it going? Oh, don't worry, Mr. Hederman, it's coming. Okay, all right, so you have this idea, oh, we'll be so great with a couch, but you don't have one. Yeah? It's like, oh, it'd be so great when I'm free, you won't be. <laughs> it's as simple as that. No you has ever been free. <laughs> if they, you may construe something to mean freedom, but it didn't fucking last, I'll tell you that much. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was free after I shot coke until the sirens came and I was arrested three minutes later. That freedom was really a long lasting. <laughs> so, yeah. 
It makes total sense that people want to get loaded. It's unbearable to be underneath that fucking tyranny. Yeah, you plan so much to get to a certain moment, not this one, but one a couple years from now, and the habit of overriding every moment will override that moment, even though you believe it won't. That's so important and so special. I'm really going to be there. No, you won't. You will be, but you seemingly won't be. Because you've got no power. Yeah. You're thinking, oh, I'm going to withhold myself until that special something shows up. By the time it may show up, you're, you're in a, an arthritic condition. You can't open up anymore. You've contracted to a point where all those things that you've been waiting for will go right by. Yeah. You won't be able to enjoy them. You won't be able to open up to them. Because you haven't. Yeah. You were led. You are led down the path, the path of time, promised that something is so going to be so great, not now, but later. And let's just invalidate every moment we're in until we get to that mythical moment. You bought one of the biggest, biggest bags of doo-doo of all time. It's, and yet, you'll buy it, you'll, they'll smell like crazy, but then maybe you'll throw some perfume on it and you'll wait for the next uh, formula to be introduced. Oh no, it's, it wasn't a 5'8 blonde, it's a 5'10 blonde. Yes, that's what I needed. I needed a 5'10. I missed by two inches, but now I'm pretty specific. I know what the target is now. <laughs> this is enslavement to self. The idea of being something that you are not. You know? And if that becomes your fundamental starting point, you can't understand the game that you're in. You can't. You only see it how it pertains to you, and that's not the game. The game isn't how it pertains to you. Yeah. So when you recognize it, which this is such a great bit of news. All right, so when you seem to be in the problem, it's as real as real can be, so you need a solution. What's gorgeous about this is when you get, when the solution starts dawning on you, one of its first uh, descriptions of the problem is that it's imaginary. It can only reach a level of seemingly so, and seemingly is a very important word because it describes what's going on here. It's appearing to be true or false to you. Yeah. And it's not a random thing. If there's a certain you called self, it's going to appear a certain way. If you're free from that, things will appear in a different way. Yeah? And what doesn't appear will be taken to be reality, and what appears will be seen as what's appearing. Yeah? Instead of thinking what's appearing is reality and what's not appearing isn't, you'll have it all, the background will move to the foreground, you will now have a sense of the no-thingness as the dominant condition here, and then all the thingness will move to the background, yeah? Instead of having it the other way. And I've had, I've had the experience of both, and I'll tell you, with this presence of the nothingness in the foreground, you're going to be a lot, a lot, lot, lot happier and more peaceful and content than you are with all things in the foreground and then the nothingness in the background. Yeah. And you're the one that puts yourself, or the mental state puts itself in a position to see it either way. Yeah. So you're awake, inherently awake. You're awake, everyone here is awake. But what happens in this experience here is what you're awake to. If you're awake to selfing, you'll be seemingly asleep about your real nature. 
If you're awake to your nature, you'll see the limitations of selfing. And one of the big ones is it's not you. <laughs> and then money won't have the mind in front of it. Sex won't have the set mind in front of it. Relationships won't have the mind in front of it. They're all the same, same will be around, but your traveling through it will be totally different. And on a, on a broad, broad, stabilized level, I would deem it traveling lighter. And when you started sensing that and experiencing your life that way, you realize that's what you've always been looking for. Just the possibility of traveling lighter through this place. Yeah? While I seem to be here. And I believe when the mind, recognizing it's, it's not what it's been taking itself to be, it now starts finding out what it is. And what it is is pretty damn glorious in a lot of ways. Yeah? Now your peace isn't something you're going to achieve or get out there. Your peace is right where you are at all times with no requirement necessary. Does it mean it will dawn on you all the time? It could, but it may not. But the fact is, the possibility now is available to you. Right now, at all times, with no requirement ne uh, necessary. Instead of an idea of peace that always has time in it. Alright, you do this and this and this, and then you'll have peace after the retreat. Or you'll have peace after this. It's always pushing, and then when you arrive at the peace, how long does it stay peace? As soon as the mental state claims it, it, get, it uses peace to agitate itself even more. What happens if, I, if it's not here tomorrow? You know what I mean? So your occupation on this topic that's meant to chill you out is actually infuriating the system. You can't win. That's the point. You think you can. That's also the point. <laughs> you do. You think you can have it, get it down where it's going to work. It's not. It's fundamentally flawed. It's a failed system. If you're a follower of recovery, read what he says, the, the co-founder. He says, why are you in so much fear today? Today, this Wednesday, August, whatever. Seven, uh, eight o'clock. Well, you know, no, no, let's not get vague. Oh, oh I know. I, I know why I was in fear then, you know, my father was a drunk. No, he's saying, why are you in fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? All right, look at the word reliance. You may have a lot of ideas what it means. To me, the most extreme reliance would be identification. You have relied on something so much you're taking yourself to be. You know, that's, I don't think you can go any farther than that. So, what would happen if you were incredibly relied on this idea of being yourself? I would say the fear that was in your life would be jacked up. Because why? It's the cause of it. You're giving too much credit to fear as a cause of everything else. What's causing the fear? He says it. You may agree or not, but it says it right there. Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? Okay, there you go. You want to go out and get 8,000 different diagnoses? Maybe just apply that one and see if it's valid for you. And I, I'm telling you, you'll see it. Because it's true. Yeah. You see that you're relying on something that's unreliable. Constantly expecting different results, which is a definition of insanity. Yeah. And of course, if you're living in insanity long enough, you're apt to do anything. Even though you know with all the cells of this body not to get high, you'll probably be driven to get high. Because you'll want relief more than anything else from that identification and obsession with self. Guaranteed it. 
This beautiful, beautiful message places you in the freedom that's prior to bondage, not after the bondage. Prior to bondage. And prior to bondage, there is no separate entity. Yeah? So there's no separate entity that could be bound and get freed and bound again. What you are has never become a thing. It never could become a thing. Yeah. Let's say Jesus, and I believe, inferred it with this statement, you know. It doesn't matter if you think whatever he is, but he has some nice sayings, and hopefully they're his, but all right. <laughs> so you're in this world but not of this world. Yeah. So, if you look at what the world is or means, it means things, doesn't it? It means time. It means all these things. And he's saying, you're in it, but you're not of it. So, obviously, if you follow his statement, you're not of time. You're not of thing. Yeah. We bastardize the word spirit into making it into something that we, as a, as, a, as a false subject, we see, when the selfing is in place, everything has to be objectified for the self to recognize it. So let's say truth gets objectified. So now you think you know what truth is, as if it's this little, like a mound of something somewhere in the desert, you know? That's not it, because you've hidden it by conceptualizing it. You've hidden it by objectifying it. And that's all because you're mistaking the subjectivity that's moving through you, and you're taking it to be you that's doing it. You have become the false subject. And therefore, in that false subject, everything gets objectified. That's why all you get is ideas and concepts of enlightenment. Yeah? You never get the meat of it. It's just an idea. Or the truth is an idea. Or you hear something that is supposed to mean breadth of all ideas, and you'll make an idea of it. The void. You know? You'll think the void is something. You know what I mean? There's something called the void out there. No, it's void of any something. That's the point. That's the void. Yeah? And you are of that. Just a little bit let in, you know? Let it in a little. Entertain a possibility. Hey, just start with, hey, I might not be the thinker of every one of these thoughts that I'm hearing in my head. Maybe I'm not the thinker, let's just say. And maybe you'll hear enough people share at a recovery meeting and you'll get, how did they have get my thoughts, you know? And maybe you'll entertain, hey, how could they be mine if you think them and you and you and you, you know, you know. My, the whole story of them being so personal has just been blown out of water by sitting an hour someplace in, you know, Mission Street on a Tuesday night. Everybody's <laughs> in there. How do they get my feelings? How do they get my thoughts? Why? Because they're not yours. <laughs> that's, that's how they got them. They're calling them theirs, and you're calling them yours, yeah? And yet, if we could see that, if this system could be captured, because it's a mental state, we would recognize we all got the same helmets on. <laughs> I mean, we're all in this state of self-centeredness. Oh, I don't think so. All right, well, let's see this. When you look at yourself in a mirror, what do you see? You see your body, yeah? When I look out, I see your body. Yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So every time I look out, 
I call everybody I've ever seen you. I never mistake it for me. But then I look in the mirror and I see a body, which is a you, but I call it me. Yeah? Anyone else, even if there's another person in the bathroom looking, I'll, I'll know it's you. That, but suddenly, the same sort of configuration of a body, I call it me. And there's only one in the whole world. And everyone, everyone sitting here, and like this lady shared one night at a meeting, she says, you know, I'm so obsessed with self, all I think about is me. And she says, and it's even, I think everyone else is thinking about me. And she meant her, but she was correct. Everyone in the room's thinking about me. They're thinking it's a special me, but it's the same system of thought, just with different names. You know, instead of your dog being Biff, it's Fido in your head. You know, it's the same thing. It's the same thought system. Yet it's so, it's very rarely addressed because the, the drenching of the, of the meanness, the drenching of it, totally drenched, no matter how much evidence you get, you, you're like Teflon. It just won't sink into me. You know what I mean? You're a you, like if someone says, you know, Paul, you have always been a you to me, you'll always be a you for me. And then I get 800,000 other people saying that, but I'm big the difference, me. You know what I mean? It's, don't you see? No! I don't see the me. I see you, the body. I know, but there's me in there. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. okay, sure. You didn't even have a sense of me when you were a baby. What happened? You grew into an idea. That's all. The mental state was getting ready, getting the nervous system, doing this, and suddenly said, oh, hey, wait a minute. This place is too abstract if it's just happening. Let's organize it by saying it's happening to me. All right? All right. As soon as that occurred, time started to be developed. What? So now when I was playing when I was a kid, I wasn't worried will I be playing next week because next week hadn't set up yet in my head. I didn't know what time was yet. Suddenly I know time. Yeah? So now I go, okay, I was there. I don't really have any memory, but I was there. Look at the pictures. So Paul was there, and then I'm worried constantly about Paul, so I totally believe Paul will be there. But you don't see thinking of Paul in the past and thinking of Paul in the future is how the mental state remembers Paul now. Because it can't have an experience of Paul now because there is no Paul. It has an interpretation of this now about Paul then and there. And you know, when you're a kid, you had the wonder and all the spontaneity. Where does it go? Hasn't gone anywhere. It issued off from you. There wasn't like a lot of spontaneity when you were a kid and then it dried up, like you moved from Mill Valley to the desert. No. The spontaneity was out there that you were running into. It was coming from you. <laughs> you were the source of the spontaneity. You were the source of the immediacy. It wasn't like, all right, let's, okay. First three years, you won't know this, so you get, you get about 50, 50 grams of spontaneity and wonder and awe. But it's going to dry up around four or five. And then you're going to pay a lot of money to try to get back there. And a lot of business are going to form on how to get back to that place now you think you've left. And, so, and then spirituality will dawn and become a big business with the hopes, which has the perfect business plan, 
Because if it ever has to produce any goods, and you'll believe that it's going to take lifetimes to get yourself ready to feel that wonder and awe again. Perfect business plan. How could they ever fail if all the failing will be put on you? What happened? It wasn't an amount that you spent. Oh, Jesus Christ, I spent all my spontaneity before I was three. I'm left with none now. <laughs> what am I going to do? All right, hunker down this boring, intolerant fucking way of living. And then shoot up dope to get some kind of rush, you know? When I was three years old, I wasn't thinking, I, got, I need a big shot of Coke, you know? Now, no. Certain conditions became dominant, and they demanded certain behaviors to get some fucking relief from it. Yeah? And my seeming urge or need to get relief was very, very strong, so it went as far as it could, trying to get relief from that one vehicle of drugs and alcohol, under the premise that I could get out of here by doing drugs and alcohol, but you cannot transcend an imaginary place. It's impossible. I don't care if you have the most fucking foolproof method of getting out of here, you first have to be in something real to get out. <laughs> if you're not truly in it, it doesn't matter what, if you have an 8,000 year old plan of getting out, you're still not getting out because you've mistaken something you're not in. You don't see it? It's it. It's the mind, when it sees it, it will be a nice aha. You'll recognize, fuck, all these two-step dances I've been doing, I haven't moved one fucking inch. <laughs> I feel like I'm progressing. To what? Yeah, you're, you're speeding up to your death, seemingly. You know what I mean? You don't realize <laughs> your escapades are totally defined and limited. The body's going to die. Yeah. And that little voice that's thinking it's this incorporeal, long-lasting, eternal soul is never going to say another fucking word to you when the body stops. <laughs> and it's not going to say, tell you that you died, because it shuts down when the body shuts down, because it's of the body. That voice you're thinking is so ethereal is of the body. And you're relying on it a lot. And you're probably going to rely on it to maybe to your last breath. And you won't even know that you've passed away because you'll be waiting for it to tell you that you've passed away. And you're never going to get that news. So you may be in nether-nether world floating around with no sense of what's going on. Because the whole life was, was leading up to that one moment at the bus stop and you looked the wrong way when the doors opened. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Or maybe you've been listening to that head for so long and then it wants to really play with you three seconds before you pass away. Pass away. Oh, you really fucked up this life. <laughs> Imagine ending on that note. <laughs> you fucking blew it up. <laughs> Oops. Can I have a replay? No. That little absurd place you used to think, it could have been different. It ain't available, and that has been available. You were just thinking it was. Trying to get out of this unbearability mo of, of this moment because you're not really in this moment. You're in a mental here. Chock full of yesterday and tomorrow. You're not here at all. The here that we think we're in is just bookended by the past and the future, and they're moving like a vice. 
It's not like they're there and you have this moment and you have no thought, no kind of conditioning from yesterday and before, or no thought, no conditioning from your constant obsession with you in the future. No, this is the pure moment, uninterrupted. No, no. It's like a vice that's squeezing you in this moment. My whole addiction was about trying to get out of here. And it was a mental here I was trying to get out of. And that's not real. That's why it fucking doesn't work. Things we're not recognizing mean a whole lot. You know, that urban renewal project, if you see yourself not as that, that will be called off. You won't be constantly going over yourself like, you know, those monkeys that are looking for bugs on another monkey. Your mental thing will be constantly going over it, you know? You'll just be able to, eh, 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 and you fuck around, swim, fornicate, and you'll be much happier. The body will be much happier without you sitting on it like the fucking Supreme One. Yeah? It's like a giant sigh of relief when, it, when the relief from not being identified with his mental idea happens. The body just goes, <laughs> Sorry, God. <laughs> it's like, Whoo! I'm fucking free of that remote now. I can sort of breathe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So this took me to that point. All I've been doing is exploring. Yeah, because that became the last answer. You know, so I don't know when it dawned on, on, on the mind, I don't know how many years ago, but I'll tell you, that, that's been the last answer. All I do is entertain what's been revealed, you know. You know, I'm always enthused doing these talks. I've been doing them for so many years now. I haven't, obviously, that's why they've been done. <laughs> if it was me, I'd be very, I would have missed about half of them. But because it's not me, I show up. But, <laughs> but all those times, I had so many considerations I didn't deserve to be here sharing this because I was mad bad to someone three hours ago. All considerations. Oh, I can't really share if I'm very ill. It didn't matter. None of those considerations and concerns ever overrode that message. As long as I was willing to be the hose, the water came through. Yeah? And after a while, you realize that the hose is defined by the water coming through. Yeah? It gets, it gets its true definition as a conduit for something, not to being the, the something it thinks it is, but a conduit for what we are. Yeah? Attempting, wanting to express itself. Yeah. Hmm. And it's so funny, whatever condition I was in all those nights, the knee, my fairy princess just left right before the meeting, having no money, in the limbo, not knowing if I had AIDS or not. It was back then when I first got the test, you had to wait three weeks for return for the information. Tons of different times, man. Anything that was going on, circumstantially, physically, emotionally, mentally, was totally, totally, had no influence on what you called me in that hour of the talk. How could it be real? 
How could it be real that in a given moment it shows no influence, nothing? And let's say if that given moment lasts for an hour, after a while, it's pretty much a, it's a very convincing demonstration about what's real and what's unreal. For something that really seems real, you gotta have to, you have to be seeing it as real. Yeah. Like it says that false evidence appearing real, there's gotta be a you it's appearing real to. Nothing here is real. It's lent reality by what's from what's real, and this is what's real. Not the body, but, but what's looking right now is what's real. Yeah? And in that, it forgets that, or it's not can't forget it, but seemingly forgets it, becomes identified as this, and now meaning is given to all the other things to really basically just uh, reaffirm this as a thing. Yeah? I need you. I need an other to be a self. Yeah. So, yes. Any questions? And it's just the juice. Feel it? Fucking there's a strong pause in the air. It's like a spiritual weatherman. There's a strong pause in the air. There'll be probably no buying tonight of, of unneeded fucking products on the internet at four in the morning. It'll be probably not many uh, road rages going on. Yes, that's the pause. I'm hoping the pause will stay around for a week or so. Let's see what happens to our weather front if the pause arrives. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha,